Welcome to Nomina's Mental Health Mavens. I'm your host, Joanne, and every Sunday we bring you mental health and addictions experts on a variety of topics, including advanced evidence-based therapies. Now, guest opinions are their own and some content may be triggering, but our mission here and on our Nomina Wellness YouTube channel is to make exceptional mental health support accessible to everyone. So make sure to subscribe, give us that good rating, and maybe even share with a friend. So let's get to it. Welcome to this week's Mental Health Mavens, and our special guest this week is Amy from You Insure, and we're going to be talking about money and mental health, a topic that I think we should talk more about. So with that, let's welcome Amy. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I am really excited because I, um, okay, so I have two children. One follows in my footsteps and is very financially literate. And she made a ton of money in the stock market and she's 20, 24. And then I have my son. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've got girls and boys so, and they're teenagers. So yeah. 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 So do you have a bit of an introduction for us? Because I know we're talking about um, mental health and and finances, but uh, I'm just curious about how mental health plays into our finances. Well, it's big because if we actually look at it, and I know I looked at the recent stat that said 40% of Canadians are actually financially unwell. Now, when we think about life in a whole, our finances affect every single area that we think of. It affects our relationships, our partnerships, marriages, how we parent our kids, how we perform at work. It's all intertwined. And so it's time we start thinking of our finances as kind of like self-care. We need to work through some things. And I always refer to money stories and how we have a it's kind of financial healing in a sense too, right? When we think about our physical and mental and emotional well-being, there's things we need to do to be be well. And the same is true for our finances. But it's not your typical. My approach isn't like, okay, know your numbers, do your budget, do your spreadsheets. Mine is more about, okay, what was money like growing up as a kid? What's your first memory of money? Do you know your money language? Because just like we have love languages to communicate with other people, we also have money languages and how that plays a role into how we live out our patterns. Well, why don't we start there? What are the money languages? So there's stability, moment, future, and opportunist. Now, each one of those has pros and cons, just like anything in life. And sometimes we can go between different ones depending on our money story and what money was like as a kid growing up. So great example is, is when I was younger growing up, my mom and dad, my very first memory of money is actually when my mom and dad lost a fair amount of money with their employer and they had to walk away from a a good chunk and it changed the whole trajectory of our lives. And I remember that and I was quite young and it's actually made me into stability. I'm a stability person. Like uh, I'm scared the other shoe's going to drop. And then when I asked my 16-year-old, kind of like, okay, well, baby girl, like, what's your money language? And she looked at me, she goes, well, that's our first memory of money. She's like, that's easy, mom. I'm like, okay. She's like, when dad passed away, we lost everything. And so sure enough, from that moment, she became stability. But to the extreme where all of a sudden she was hoarding money. And so there's a healthy way of balancing money. And so she went to the extreme where it was like, no, no, no. 
everything was like, okay, we need just in case, just in case, just in case. And it has actually taken us probably about two years now where we've actually been intentional about, okay, how are we going to fix this? How are you going to realize that there is a balance and that, you know, there's, it's good to say it, but we also need to know that you also need to have fun and be a kid still because you still are a teenager and kind of navigating the lies we believe about money and our money stories and how they can implement our finances. Generally with your practice, what is the most common area that people struggle with? Linking our emotions to our finances. Like lots of people are like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But to actually uncover that, you know, I know lots of people hate the word trauma and it's this big thing, but we all have wounds, whether they're little wounds or big wounds. We all have these things that have happened to us in life and refer to them as paper cuts. Maybe we have all these paper cuts. And we actually need to go back and heal some of those paper cuts because that's where our patterns actually stem from. And so I think it's very fascinating when I do the work that I do with people and then they have their big aha moment where they're like, oh my goodness, that is tied to way back then. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then having that self-reflection, you're able to actually dismantle it and then rebuild and create this new pathway going forward that's going to help you to reach your financial finish life without you self-sabotaging consciously or unconsciously. We talk a lot about that, about how it's uncovering those patterns and, and half the work is just uncovering them and, and reframing them and, and positioning things in a different way. Well, I think some of it too, like there's a great exercise that I have families do and it's taking a little sticky note and, you know, partnerships, each of them are going to get their own color of sticky notes and they're going to write down and it's going to take less than 10 minutes to do and you're going to do it weekly. And part of this exercise is getting them to start to communicate about money. And so the first one is you're going to put down, what did I do well with money this week? And you're going to write down your answer. And then the second one is, what could I, what should I do differently or not so good with money this week? And you're going to write those two questions or the answers to those two questions on your sticky notes. You're going to do yours, your partner's going to do theirs, right? And and then you're going to be like, okay, well, how am I going to do better next week with my money now or our money, whatever, And then you're going to have that. And then you're going to put the sticky notes in a little box or a little container. And if you do that every week for about a month and pull out your stickies at the end of the month, you're going to notice your pattern really fast. Ah, that's a great idea. And then it's that self-reflection. You know, you're looking at only your sticky notes and what you need to do. So you said what you did good, what you need to do better. And now you have an action plan. And so you're only doing you and they're doing them. You're not telling them, oh, yeah, you need to work on that. No, 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 no. They're having their own reflection and you're having your own reflection. And then after a month, you know, like I said, it's a quick exercise, less than 10 minutes every week, you're doing it at the end of the month, you're going to see your own pattern. Yeah. And that's the biggest or one of the biggest fights that couples can have is over money. Oh, yeah. Money and sex, right? (laughs) And it's because we have, it's because we have different money stories. And we have And we do life before different filters. We have what we were told, what we learned, what we experienced, and what we believe to be true from those things. And that's how we live out life. Now, not a lot of people are doing this. How did you get started in this? Uh, (laughs) I was widowed really young with three kids and without a plan. And so needless to say, I tried to fast track our healing journey through grieving. And I used money in a lot of bad ways (laughs) to try to work through some of that. And so it's only through my own journey of, of healing, grieving what I thought my life would look like and really going back to 
all even my childhood wounds of being bullied as a kid and, you know, dating and feeling like I wasn't enough or that I had to measure up. It was only through doing all of that inner work, that healing work, that it led me to believe and know that I have operated my money because of those things that happened. And having that reflection now, I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, I was driving in a force of, oh, I have something to prove. Oh, yeah, you don't think I'll amount to anything? I'll buy that car in that showroom. Or, you know, I want the kids to smile again, so I'll take them on a trip to Disneyland. You know, using money as Band-Aids. Yeah, our external quite often is a reflection of what's going on internally. And I know for myself that when my spending starts to get out of control, I I need to go inwards. I need to look, what's that about? What what in me is not satisfied right now that I think external will fix? And that's an emotion, right? All of our financial decisions are really driven from an emotion. So we have to be intentional and ask ourselves, okay, if this feeling's coming up, What's underneath it? Before I make this financial decision, what's underneath it? And break it down. Is Does it fit into the four uses of money? Live, give, oh, grow. Is it a want, a like, a need, or you know, a love? Because then it also breaks down whether it's a fleeting desire or whether it's a long-lasting desire. Uh, okay, you're full of great advice. Okay, what else you got? Because I know that viewers and listeners, because this is a YouTube and a podcast, are gonna, they're gonna want tangible things. What can I do? Like what? Because it, I know that pain of being in when it, your finances are in chaos, and you feel like you're drowning. Yeah, well, and then it affects all areas of your life. It's all intertwined. And so we really need to kind of like, rein things in and you need to find somebody who is a safe person where you can talk about the shame, the embarrassment, the guilt that you have with your money. We all have it. Talking money is not taboo anymore. You just need to find that safe container where you can talk openly about it. You know, I did a post once about money confessions and it was like kind of like a veil over top of a woman's face. But when I interviewed a whole bunch of men and women, we're all the same. Like we're all struggling with a lot of the same things. It's just nobody's talking about it, but nobody wants to do this journey alone. We want to know others are with us. Yeah. That's kind of the mantra of this channel is just talk about it. Let's just have the conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally there's money and fidelity for sure. Let's talk about when a book comes in the mail and all of a sudden I have the urge Amazon order comes in. I have the urge to go put it on my bookshelf without even like, don't want anyone to see it. Quickly take it out of the box, put it. Well, guess what? What am I hiding? What am I ashamed of? What am I embarrassed of? I need to ask myself that, right? And going forward, other people need to be aware of, okay, well, where is that stemming from? If you want to buy something for the house, is the house not feeling like a home? Are you trying to give a feeling or a place that, you know, you think a plant's going to do this? Or you think that having a new couch is going to make you feel better in the space you're in? Yeah. And I think it's like many addictions. So we talk a lot about addictions on this channel and I myself am a, and I'm a sober woman. And I know that with any of it, 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 once again, it's when the internal is not right, we look for something outside to make us feel better. So that makes a lot of sense that if, if I'm not feeling comfortable in my home, well, maybe yeah, a plant or a new couch or any of that would give me that feeling that I'm looking for. Or if we feel like we're not enough, all of a sudden, maybe we want a vehicle because it's going to make us feel like we have a status symbol. And, and it's funny because we can talk about addictions and, you know, people talk about, oh, yeah, drugs, alcohol, these things. 
And let's talk about over-exercising. Let's talk about the eating side of it. Let's talk about the emotional spending because those were my, or scrolling or dating or sex, those were like addictions that I had gone through. But according to society, those look okay on the outside, right? But really they're no different. They're just as self-sabotaging as anything else. Because I guess what, during that whole season of me trying to grieve, I used up my retirement money, right? And so there's always consequences. It's almost like a domino's effect. And we have to remember that, all of our decisions have a domino's effect. And we and the beautiful thing about it is, is I want people to know that you can have, you know, a great future ahead of you and make good money. And you can also be in the middle of breakdown. And it's a paradox because you can be in both at the exact same time. And you need to give yourself that grace and that compassion that, okay, you know what? My journey so far, I, you know, me spending money and blowing it or doing whatever I did during that season, it served its purpose in that season. That doesn't mean that's who I am. That doesn't define who I am going forward in the future. And letting that go is, I think, probably the hardest thing when it comes to anything, whether it's money or our identity or eating or drugs or smoking or alcohol. We, we have these two stories. We have our past story and then our future self. And sometimes it's really hard to, because we're in between these two stories, and we almost need to shed that old story and morph into this new one. But this old one's comfortable. Right. And we talk about a money avoidance and money shame. Well, why is it that we try to always avoid that? Well, because we start to feel anxiety. The minute we move towards money and we start to feel icky, and this could be anything, whether it's like I said, it could be any area of your life where you start to feel this innerness that you don't like, you naturally will pull away from it, which keeps you stuck. Right. So we have to be intentional about pushing through some of that resistance through that yucky feeling of whether it's shame or guilt or embarrassment or anxiety or fear. It could be a lot of different things. We have to push past that because it's more than that. But we feel that and then we avoid it because we are like, ooh, yes, no thanks. And then it subsides. That's why we always come back. We back away from it because that anxiety subsides when we move away from it. That's why people don't talk about it. Well, I think if people are watching this or listening to this, they're ready, right? And, and I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to say, you got this, right? Like, this is a yes. really good start is to just become open minded about this that, that yeah. maybe it's not you. It's just yeah. past experiences and upbringing. We talk a lot on this channel is about parts therapy as well, too, and how, how each of our parts have a different, different lesson for us. And, yeah. And just, and just integrating it all into the beautiful human that we are now. I remember having a talk with my, she was 16 at the time, my oldest, and she said something so amazing to me. And I was talking about all these labels that people have put on me, society, others, myself, family, friends, you name it. I have all these labels on me. And my daughter starts to chuckle. And she's like, mom, do you know what labels are? I was like, yeah, honey, I know. She goes, no, mom, they're stickers. Peel it off. And then I was like, I was kind of mind blown a little bit. And I, and I laughed really hard. I looked at her. I'm like, but with stickers, if they've been on there for a really long time, there's a lot of residue. And you know what she said? Go get yourself some Goo Gone. <laughs> and, and it's true, right? Like we can scrape that off and like move past it. It doesn't define us. This is a turning point to actually view that, okay, you know what? That's my past, but this is going to be my financial future. And I'm making a choice. I'm going to declare that my financial future is one of abundance. And now it's a matter of just taking the steps to overcome your old pattern, right? And one at a time, and you're going to mess up. 
And that's okay. You just, what do you do when you mess up? You get back up again and you go. What do we teach our kids when they're riding bikes for the very first time? You get up and go again. You get up and try again. Why are we any different? You need to have curiosity and possibility. What's possible if I actually achieve this? If I stay curious about what's driving this behavior or what's underneath it, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, I had I had my own traumatic loss. I, I lost a child uh, and I went through the kind of the opposite because I, I couldn't work and I was a consultant, so I wasn't getting paid. I had a funeral to pay for. It was just a lot. So I went on the other side where I wouldn't spend money. And I wouldn't, because of that, get the professional help that I needed. I tried some of the free counseling. And and then, of course, I say, oh, a talk therapy doesn't work for me, right? I didn't go to the professionals and and really dive in because I was too I was too cheap to do it. And and in the end, when I finally came out of that, that's what saved my butt is is I saw a video much like this and um, it just changed things. And I realized, you know what, that all the YouTubes in the world aren't going to help me right now. I, I need to process this. And it is. And sometimes our mess becomes our message. You know, you take your pain and it becomes your purpose. You know, yes, it's devastating, but It's so nice to know that, and you know, my tagline to my business is sharing the manual. And, and I've said this for a long time, like I share my story because it's important for people to know that they're not alone. Grieving is hard. Starting over is hard. Whether you're grieving a loss, a death, a divorce, whatever it is that you're grieving, it could even be your health that you're grieving. Starting over is hard because you grieve what you thought your life would look like. And we all try to grasp at different things, but it's, It's so good to know that somebody else has gone before you or they've done it or they, you know, here's my manual of what not to do. I did everything wrong. (laughs) But here you go. Now you can do it all right. (laughs) Because here's my manual to like what not to do after this happens. Uh, Well, and speaking of which, I know you have a couple of podcasts and we're going to link those in the description on YouTube and the show notes on our podcast. Uh, because it's fantastic. The sharing your manual, exactly that turning, turning your, your, your pain into your message. I, I love that. And then the other one is about couples who live away lifestyles. Yeah. FIFO for real fly in and fly out. Yeah. Cause you're navigating a different world, you know, with, with them being gone or home or away and kids and blending families and finances, like There's so many things that perhaps you're not equipped for going into that line of work. And so we're just trying to share stories of what other people have gone through, what's been helpful, what hasn't been helpful, kind of like that trial and error, right? And we have different professionals coming on the show talking about sleep. Um, You guys are going to come on the show and help us to navigate a little bit of some addictions and holding space for that communication and even talking about sex to kind of try to navigate and help couples through some of the hard things that they face in that fly in fly out type of remote work. Yeah, yeah, both Dan and Lisa are registered sex therapists. So uh, they're they're on the channel quite a bit. Um, Yeah. And so there's so many good things coming from when you share your story, when you have the bravery and the courage to say, hey, look, this is what it looks like. And this is how I've overcome it. And this is, you know, the steps that I took to do it. Well, anything that we missed, anything you want to add in closing? Oh, I just want people to know that financial freedom is achievable. It's there. Let's start within. Financial freedom really does happen from within. And it's that financial healing piece. And so have the courage, be brave, 
you know, uncover it. We're not reliving things, but we're just being matter of fact, like this happened. And perhaps how did that play out in my money? Okay. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It was an absolute pleasure. And we look forward to being on your podcast. Yes, it'll be good. Yeah. Okay. And once again, I'm going to leave all your contact information below so that people can reach out to you and, and start that journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much.